It's Thursday, June 18th, 2020, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to the Hey, We're Recording Again Spectacular. Runtime for this episode is one hour. Hello and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast where we try to remember how to podcast. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler2020, the dark gritty reboot that no one asked for. <laughs> no, this seems about right. This is about normal, yeah. Zach doesn't usually break characters so fast. Also, he doesn't usually laugh at it. He usually just stares at judgment. So you broke him. That said, I am going to maintain this character voice from now on until someone makes me break it. You just uh, really need to get me to laugh and that should probably it's the, do it. Uh, it's the whole interpersonal re- or interactions that i haven't had in this quarantine has only lasted about six years right like that's that's the last time we talked i'm pretty sure our country has only destroyed four times during it what's your name mysterious uh, radio voice <laughs> i am mysterious radio voice my uh you can call me zach that's a weird alias well you know final fantasy 7 is big again so that's a really good point. Oh, yeah. Final Fantasy VII. Also, isn't thing. he still alive in this one? Oh, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Hey, remember when we were going to talk about Final Fantasy this seven, this episode, a thousand years ago? Yeah. That'll be next week because there's a lot to talk about that we did while the world was shut down. That's what it felt like for me. My entire family was out of work for a week. Oh, that sucks. Just one week? Yeah. Well, my brother had a pretty consistent employment. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's actually been weirdly business as usual for me, except, except that for business at home as usual. Yeah, it, it took me a while to like delineate my days because I work from home occasionally, but it's usually pretty much like when I would go to work, I just start and like the the work non work times have been blurring together. I've only just recently kind of like gotten structure back around that. I had a bit of the same issue, but I found out the easiest way to solve it was to change my pants. I was going to say, as the person who's not work- doing this and therefore has no authority on it, I feel like getting dressed for work and then undressed for work is the trick. I've been doing a lot of that. I Like, Alex just changes her shirt in the morning, and that's how she's ready for the day. But, like, I don't know. I no, no. I think my problem is I don't use the space that I work in as a dedicated, like, work space. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes, like mixed that's the tips that i've seen of like set aside a workspace but since i'm using my desktop i'm not going to move my freaking desktop all over the place so it's like okay the easiest way for me to do this is to wear pants and then when i get off of work i can stop wearing pants i've actually forced myself to like work out in the mornings again and that has been helping so we'll see if that lasts so what, what are we doing oh honored moderator on this the weird episode where we were going to talk about final fantasy but now the uh, global pandemic happened instead i'm gonna try not to talk about final fantasy remake before we talk about final fantasy 7 and fail uh because we're going to talk about what we played slash consumed during the end times a um, lot of popcorn yes i actually ate less popcorn than i normally do that's weird i've been I having do. popcorn for breakfast basically it's delicious okay can i reveal my dark secret i don't like popcorn I've known you for years, it, and somehow I didn't know bad, this. And the kernels get stuck in your teeth, and no, that's fair. Well, but for the a while, texture is so good. It starts good, and then it ends with your gums being stabbed. <laughs> for a while, I was getting like the ultimate butter lovers thing, but you know, after a couple of instances of 
looking at the b- bottom of the popcorn bowl and having it just be caked. I'm like, yeah, that's not happening again. And so my secret is I get bougie popcorn in bulk and then I actually just heat it in a pan with some oil. Uh, so like it's always just good popcorn. I hit up a microwave. Yeah, I mean, microwave is good. My microwave is broken for most of this. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. How did you eat? I was going to say Uber Eats, but they do not deliver to my house. Because no one delivers to your house. Yes. Uh, Domino's does. I think Blackjack does. I have not tried it. There's also just like... that's Blackjack pizza. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's also just like not a ton in Parker, I feel. Uh, No, my house is like this weird circle of a dead zone that nothing will deliver to. Like, you know, I'm you know the Venn. I get stuff delivered all the time. You, you know the Venn diagrams. Well, his yeah. is like having that Venn diagram, except for his is a little blank spot in between them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My house is also not zoned for free parking for the light rail for some reason. Uh, weird. Yes. But like, our house is like in that neighborhood. Uh, not my cul-de-sac, but like mine. In, like my house was zoned for free parking at the light rail. Yeah, I don't know. I and fe- so was Cody's. To be fair, I feel like once I cross Main Street there to go over, uh, not to like, you know, give too much information about oh, your physical oh, because, location. Because Main Street is such a specific street name. Yes, Main Street in Colorado. There's only one. It is the Main Street. It is the Main Street. I feel like once you cross over that, you do kind of enter into like this weird uninhabited area i understand there's a lot of housing there now but the thing is cody used to live back there and he was zoned for free parking at the light rail i also feel like that's because they forgot how to play street lights once you pass there and so you were entering into serial killer territory as soon as you i think that's a large part of it actually and like i'm usually down there in the evenings so that probably colors my perception of it. Uh, so what have you been playing butter lover still been playing a lot of mechware online with the tall guys but that's basically just a sunday thing I beat Persona 5 The Royal. I am currently playing that right now, and Google Autocomplete has spoiled stuff for me, so I would appreciate it if you didn't. They are cowards. We were discussing this before we recorded, or maybe after we recorded. I don't remember now. Yeah, I really liked it. It's still got a lot of Persona 5 I would say it's like probably it. 95% for Persona 5. Mm-hmm. There, there are a couple of changes to it that I actually thought worked really well. Like, they made it so that you can still do things in the afternoon once you go to the, like, the dungeons, so long as you don't leave your house. Oh, interesting. Um, but then which, you seduce your teacher, and she gives you a massage, and you can leave your house. <laughs> <laughs> but before, you couldn't do anything. In Persona 5, you can't do anything after you go to the dungeon unless you seduce your teacher, so she lets you leave the house. That, I think, is a also do healthy change. Um, also, they changed it so that now making, like, infiltration tools... You can make more than one at a time. I can make 24 right now. And I'm like, I don't need to do this. This is more than I need. This is more lockpicks than I go through in a game run. But they made it so that you can now make more than one at a time. Whereas before it was like, you make one lockpick and you're done for that time slot. Realistically, that kind of makes sense, though. For all evening? Yep. Although evening is nebulous. It starts somewhere between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. and ends somewhere between 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. As far as I can tell. I'm just saying, I've never made a lockpick. I assume it's time-consuming. Yeah, but you've also never had a talking cat instruct you on how to do it? That's fair. I don't think I've ever had a talking cat instruct me on anything. Well, play Persona 5. And... <laughs> that game's quite good. I, I actually really like it. Yeah, I'd, it. I'd forgotten uh, the framing device for the story and how much I like it with the prosecutor trying to get your testimony and being like, Oh man, I bet you knew someone who is sweet at flips. You better sell out your sweet flipsman, or we'll find out everyone you knew who was sweet at flips, and it won't be hard to find out who it was. <laughs> as soon as you as soon as you add somebody to your confidant, like a list, it flashes out of the uh 
point where you talk to them into the like the the prosecutor talking, interrogating, and trying to get you to sell out your your friends and buddies. I, and I really like the framing device as well. Um, <laughs> they did change Akechi. Yeah, so that there so, are a thousand different confidants that progress without you doing anything now. Yeah, so hundred. You actually have to do something to progress Akechi in the game. I think they change. I think it's only Morgana, uh, your own the fool, and um. Uh, Sai and Persona 5 are that advance without you doing anything. I think you're right. I feel like there's one more, but I don't know who, so I think you're right. Um, the rest of them I think you have to talk to and, and hang out with and the like. And do sweet flips for. And do sweet flips for, yeah. Start, we, well, me, Kevin, and Jeremy have been playing a lot of WoW. We've petered out on it more recently, but I think that's because you've been playing Persona 5. It's and have partly that, and partly because Kevin is doing Aikido again. Mm-hmm. And because I'm like, we should do that on Wednesdays. And D&D get, keeps getting pushed to Wednesdays. And then right. on Mondays, I think, okay, now I have Monday off instead of, hey, now we can play WoW on Monday. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's been happening. We got into the 40s, which is, you know, where WoW characters go to never get played again. <laughs> hey, it Does it grind to get kind of, like, sloggy at that point? 60 is the level cap and 40 is about the halfway point. Okay. So things really feel like they slow down. Um, it's not quite as bad when the three of us are playing together, though, because usually part of the problem is you run into very risky situations, but with three people, you can one of which it. being a dedicated healer, we can just slaughter our way through entire camps worth of stuff without too much trouble. But we can't really play it every night anymore, which means I don't think about it. And Kevin's not like, let's do a thing tonight. Because he's been playing a lot of Legends of Runeterra. Ah, uh, yes, that's true. Uh, the the League that... of Legends card game. Yeah, I was going to ask if that was... Uh... I'm drawing a blank on the, the Blizzard Hearth, one. It's the Hearthstone yes. for League. Thank you. Um, Hearthstone, played, but for League. I played it a bit. I think it's fine as a card game. That's basically what I've seen. Is it kind of strikes a balance between Hearthstone and Magic as being like a little bit more in-depth. Yeah, there's stuff you can do to counter your opponent when they do something in, in Legends of Runeterra. Where in Hearthstone, if it's not your turn, you can't do anything. I'm not very good at it, so I and I kind of petered out on on playing it because I noticed that it, I kept getting really frustrated because people were either getting lucky and getting the exact right thing they needed or what. And it just felt like it just was making sure that I couldn't win. I played a couple games of Dominion with some coworkers yesterday and that kept happening to me. And so I just like, I'm like, well, I got the exact cards I needed to win the game this turn. So, and that just kept happening. I've got an excellent transition on Riot stuff. Yeah, let's talk about Riot for a minute. Because were you playing Valorant? I was playing Valorant, not a real word. Um, so how is that? Because when I look at it, it just looks like it's not done in a way I cannot put my finger. It's interesting. Visually fig- looking, it looks like it's like it's the version they rushed to get to a playable E three version. I like, have heard the maps that it looks weirdly empty. The I've heard it's a combination or feels like a combination of Overwatch and um, Counter Strike, leaning or leaning into Counter Strike. So I played like a ton of Counter Strike. That's probably the game I played the most of during this entire time. Uh, but mostly just as like a time killer in between stuff. I'll go do an arms race or something. And I uh, played Valorant with a couple coworkers recently, and I think I want to play more. It is closer to Counter Strike than it is Overwatch. You die much more easily. There aren't like great healing options. It is actually probably closer to Siege than it is to Overwatch. It's a bit slower pace. It's a lot more tactical. What I'll say is. It sure is a squad-based shooter where you're trying to defuse a bomb. It's fun and colorful, though, and I probably like it more than CSGO, but that's not saying a ton. Well, at this point, everything that comes out with stuff like that is using CSGO as a diving board, so they are the they get to start at whatever CSGO has. Yep. Oh, no, it's 
fun. Um, but I agree, the maps feel weirdly empty. Like, like there's a visualness to it. Like it just doesn't look complete. It's weird because it's very obviously designed, and like the like all the textures look like I assume exactly what they wanted them to look like. But it does feel empty. Like there's not enough detritus or something like just like laying around the map. Oh no, it's hard to describe. And like. I don't know, maybe the sound design is weird because everything, like, it feels hollow. Yeah, that's exactly, like, I've only watched it. I haven't played it. But that's very much the feeling I get, which is super weird because League of Legends has so much personality in it. And to be fair, it didn't have that overnight. It started out as Warcraft 3 with the uh, serial numbers filed off. But, <laughs> no, I'm Ash. I am not Sylvanas in any way. I have frost arrows, not black arrows. That said, like, it's perfectly solid, and I think the gameplay loop is actually pretty decent. An interesting thing about it is that you can actually buy at any point in the round, so if you're like, you know what, this gun's not cutting it, you just, like, swap out your gun in the middle of the round at the cost of credits, which is kind of interesting. You also buy your special abilities over the course of the match. What what I saw, though, is basically, except for, like, zoner-slash-defense-type characters, basically no one actually uses their special abilities. And I kind of wonder if that's just because people aren't... Like, I was playing an unranked queue with a bunch of coworkers, so... That I, could just be you're running into a bunch of people who aren't used to the game yet, so they, they're focused on one thing and they're not really thinking about their abilities? That's kind of what I was thinking was happening, is I just wasn't playing with the right group for that experience. I do kind of want to, like, I want to mess around with it a little more. I don't know that I'm going to, like, get super into it, but... For the purpose of being able to pick up and play with random people, I know I might invest a little bit of time in at least figuring out what every character does. But, I don't know, that's Valorant. It sure is a game. Actually, I did play one match entirely composed of randos. Everyone was super nice. I did, like, everyone has been complaining about the toxicity in that game, and, like, literally everyone was just super nice and helpful. Like, literally no one was being a douche. Well, um, I mean, if you're playing entirely on your own, it's possible that you just ran into a group of all new players. So, yeah, no, some of these guys were like super high rank um, okay. I, because I was playing an unranked queue. So it was just like the screw around mode. Contrast that with playing CSGO where like every other word is a profanity or like a threat or an insult. So uh, Siege has a lot of the same problems, but most games that are competitive in nature tend to at least develop those problems. It's weird especially in csgo because a lot of people just drop stuff like that because the trash talking is just part of the game and then at the end of the match we're like okay cool and nice playing with you guys uh, like the same person who is like you know threatening to murder everyone's family is like okay that was a fun game guys i'll talk to you later um, <laughs> it's really weird i finished near automata oh how oh, i totally forgot the, the first time the second time oh, like total oh okay all the ways i did not um get all of the bad endings i got a couple of them um yeah, there are 26 endings in that game, but that's there are too many. five endings in that game. I think that's twice as many as Chrono Trigger, and Chrono Trigger already has too many. The soundtrack for that game's great. You should go listen to it. Uh, do you know who the composer was offhand? Not off the top of my head. It, um, it wasn't our Lord and Savior Uematsu? No. No, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I have decided I don't really like the way that guy tells stories. Like, I feel like his message is very confused, and I don't agree with it. Well, and this do it is again? not the best way to... Um, deliver it either although the gimmick at the ending end is very powerful i'm not convinced that's not how well they include the theme song into it because as i said the music is very good his storytelling of do it again i mean even that that's problematic but even like the story as a whole when you just look at it mm. i feel like thematically it doesn't really line up and like it very much has that teenage drama of you characters need to talk to each other and explain what's going on and that would solve 
that would either A, solve a lot of your problems, or B, you would both be stubborn and fight over this anyway, which is at least a statement on your characters. Oh, That's an inherent problem with a lot of storytelling, is it's like, you know, this entire conflict would be resolved if you guys would spend five minutes and talk to each other. There is a graph on a webcomic which is now dead that is like number of assholes you want in fiction and number of assholes (laughs) you want in real life. Yep. And the thing is, you want a lot of assholes in your fiction for dramatic tension. And that's, I actually really like Dr. Stone's take on this, where the two major opposing characters understand each other completely. They've even had a conversation about their conflicts. One of them just refuses to budge on his moral stance, and that's it. That's like, and that's real life, actually, so. Yeah, and uh, Dr. Stone, the manga, because I'm reading it, just finally got another villain. Yeah, I was wondering what they were going to do. For a really long time, and he's also super great. He's just older, slightly eviler Senku. Oh, nice. Well, also great. Um, he has corn and planes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what does Senku have? Barley rice and... Uh, an aircraft carrier with no planes. I guess spoilers. He now has Tsukasa. Really? Yeah. What kind of aircraft carrier? Uh, one he made. Like, it is It is a very small aircraft carrier. You got aircraft on my carrier. You got carrier under my aircraft. Uh, <laughs> He's only able to make it because he had bamboo and the Americans did not. So he could make wheels for his plane that would be able to take off. Interesting. So do the Americans use like... They have glass skis on there. Ooh, that's good. Seaplanes. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Keiichi Okabe okay. is the answer to the composer. I have heard of that name before, but I don't know for what else. Yeah, it does not ring a bell for me. Very, very good, though. Uh, what else have you been playing, Zach? This is a format for the rest of the episode, by the way. We're, we're just going to go around a couple yeah, times. I, until I see a, a number that I'm like, I don't want to edit that much. <laughs> and then we will stop. I actually just started playing Resident Evil 3, but that's not really during the quarantine. That was today. So I, I did start playing League of Legends again. I, I keep flirting with that, but then I have models, and now I have podcasts edited again. And Persona 5, and... And obviously, if wow, people are paying wow, attention no. to the uh, the Discord, I've been burning through my collection. Oh, yeah. I've also uh, been watching a lot of anime. Yeah, so at some point on this, you should definitely do a highlight of your favorites of the ones that you burned through so far. Well, these are all stuff I've owned. Well, yeah, but like... I did a torture myself and make myself watch a bunch of Isekai binge. Uh, did you watch that one time that I was a vending machine? I Which don't, I don't think that's is not an anime. anime I don't yeah. think I watched any that started with that time. I I really hope that that yet is not prophetic, and in fact, it never becomes an anime. But I don't know. Uh, I actually watched. Finally, went and watched uh, all of Rising of the Shield Hero. So did I. Really? So that tells me you have dissenting opinions Wait, on it. Okay. So here's what I will say about Rising of the Shield Hero. It's a huge page turner. It's got one of the best female or written female protagonists, like in anime. I can't think of anyone else, mostly because it so hyper focuses on the two main characters that they get a lot of free time. I feel like it is a reckless story with many dangerous messages. <laughs> Interesting. I just really enjoyed it. I really like no, the main characters. Zach likes good See, plot pacing. <laughs> well, like, like I said, it's a page turner. I get why people like it. I just feel like. We should be criticizing it the way we criticize Twilight. And we're like, hey, teen girls, don't live your life like this. I feel like it needs a similar critical examination. It's not getting. Well, that's entirely fair. There is one very hateable villain. We theoretically really want to like the heroes. I The way they hate the villain, though, I think is one of the problems. And like the way it treats any of its themes when I think about them for more than a minute drives me crazy. Like, what does this series have to say about slavery, Zach? Oh, yeah. 
it really doesn't pay any attention or over much attention like, to the fact that technically speaking the two the the two main character the main characters two primary companions are both technically his slaves amazing <laughs> yeah and when someone tries to free them you don't know my circumstances i'm allowed to have slaves <laughs> what does it have to say about casual misogyny uh-oh <laughs> what does it have to say about listening to people who know more about a subject than you uh-oh <laughs> I, I feel I like just, the main character listens to people. It's everybody else doesn't pay attention. Yeah, but like he refuses to work with them still. Like I just feel like all of its morals, like I don't feel like the person writing it is like morally wrong or anything. I think she probably thinks slavery is bad, given the surface level stuff. But when you start thinking about it, she's writing a story that's a little bit pro-slavery in a way that like, you know, some anime I may have watched over the quarantine is pro having a relationship with your sister. And obviously <laughs> that's not good, but we can adjust for it. But just like Did you watch No Game No Life? Uh, I did before the quarantine actually. <laughs> um, did you watch Orimo? I watched Orimo and I watched the other one that guy did. Aramanga um, Sensei. Aramanga The weird thing about Aramanga Sensei is it's basically just a bunch of teenagers with jobs <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> Their job just happens to be writing super light porn. <laughs> uh, um, and I'm sure that circumstance actually exists in the real world somewhere, so. I mean, not to this degree. But I do love how they're basically, the characters are just like, yeah, we have to go have a work conference together. Never mind that there's one dude and all the girls have a crush on him. That's totally normal. It's also totally normal for most of them to be naked most of the time. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, Totally. I really liked Rising of the Shield Hero. I enjoyed my time with it. I watched it in like two days, and it's a fairly long series. But like I said, I feel like it's not getting the critical examination it needs to. Um, Especially in the year 2020, I feel. Yeah, well, I think a lot of the problem is that it came out right in the middle of the Me Too movement. And the first episode is about a uh, false accusation of rape. rape against the main character. Yeah, and so <laughs> that's really poor timing. So I feel like a lot of the people railing against it railed then and didn't really keep watching it to keep railing against subjects. And the people who were, you know, on the other side of that, I am a person who has been on the like slightest possible version of that scenario has been foisted on me. And I still found that episode incredibly uncomfortable. It's got, like I said, probably the best written female character in anime i can't think of a better one so it's got that going for it the main character is are you talking you know, about raptalia i am talking about raptalia what right. other great female characters oh is that there? what she's from yeah. i saw um, a lot of fan art of her and had no idea what the hell she was from melty's pretty good too uh, melty's not bad but she's meh. i'm sorry melty she's a princess she's the princess like cheese yes okay i guess she is one of the princesses are the others gooey crunchy and spicy the taco bell princesses uh <laughs> technically the other princess is malty <laughs> malty and malty okay so one's drunk and one's really into cheese gotcha <laughs> but everyone calls her mine because she's the uh because that's Seagull? like her adventurer game or her adventurer name and uh she's the she, she's the uh, primary antagonist interesting through the series I mean, this is kind of my, making me want to watch it just so I can form some opinions like, about if it. You can but... get through the first episode, like it watches pretty well. I can't deny that. Like, I get why it's popular. I would definitely recommend it. It does come recommended by Kevin as well. Uh, what about Goblin Slayer though? Goblin Slayer is fantastic. Yeah, should... that's been on my list for a while too. I should probably watch Goblin Slayer. I just don't want to. There's no... <laughs> but <laughs> There's why no, not? Like... <sighs> I just don't think I need another fantasy series. See, I That's watched, fair. I watched Don Machi and regretted it. 
I have zero fantasy series right now. So. Don Machi's kind of yeah, eh. Don, Don Machi's very poorly written. Like, talk about a, a main character that exists. I was actually going to say earlier that Katie, Ed's wife, is super into it for some reason. I'm playing the Don Machi phone game off and on. Yeah, it's that's the only reason bad. I knew what it was. So. It's not terrible, um, but a couple of the main problems are, like, uh, at least one of the female leads has no personality. Also, that character design. She has asymmetrical... Her armor, uh, like, thing is terrible. One of the breasts has up boob and the other doesn't. What is this design? <laughs> Why? Who? <laughs> no, it, it's like the armor part. It's one of them ends here, and the other one ends down here for some stupid reason. Well, you gotta protect the heart. And then there's Hestia's plot thread, which, to be fair, I don't think that's a bad design until you try to cosplay it, and you realize, oh, wait, this isn't how anything... <laughs> this this this, co- this shirt cannot exist. Yeah, it, it, it is, comes in. It is a Lovecraftian angle. This shirt. See the, the like baseline character. Yeah. The, the baseline character designs don't bother me as much as Jeremy's. But like their characters, Belle, who is the main character, doesn't really have a a personality a personality beyond I'm generic anime guy. Like I think he's actually a worse character than um. I totally just drew a blank on his name. The guy from uh, Certain Magical Index. Um, Toma, that's his name. Yeah, they're definitely in the same realm. He would not score well on personality parallel. I, if I, we read Don Machi. At least Toma has the personality trait of wants to always help people. That's about, like, that, that is his unlucky and wants to help people. He's got two. Bells is, I want to be a hero, and that's period. I'm not seeing what the problem is. I mean, it's okay. goofy, but... Well, I, when you look at it, it's fine. It's when you see someone try to cosplay that and ha- what they have to do to keep that on, and you realize that, like, oh, cloth doesn't work that way. I mean, I'm looking at it's an mostly, actual mostly, human right now, and it okay. looks fine, so... It's mostly the thread she has under her boobs. Yeah, I and, mean... like, what do you do with your arms with that? According to all the fan art... Nothing, and according to this real human, also nothing. You can't. You do not arms. <laughs> yeah, that's my problem, is how arms. That's not a terrible design. It's not asymmetrical up boob. I don't hate that one. And what, what's that character's name, just so that I can that's pull Hestia. it up? That's Hestia. No, no, the other one. Uh, Ice? A-I-S, I think? Yeah, A-I-S, Wallenstein. Huh. So, like, I like the design, except for, like, once I saw that, I could not unsee it. Yeah, that's weird. Can't like, it's not, that. it's not like it's, like provocative either nope it just is yeah and i'm like huh someone made a choice here i don't agree with them it's extremely inconsistent word ends too so <laughs> as as the only person in the room yeah, with, with boobs, yes i value I your opinion like, what yeah but well to be fair it's i not even sexy. i don't have them and that's what i was like i was like i think this is supposed to appeal to me but i don't understand why no no i'm i'm just confirming that what is the appropriate response? <laughs> Don Machi also has that super common light novel problem. As someone who watched a lot of anime based on light novels, of uh, every plot is about a girl, and then that girl sticks around but stops doing things after her plot has ended. Yeah, they join the party, and then they just kind of cease Fade. to... Like, they're just in the background. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some... I watched something recently that had that exact same I mean, problem. To be fair, Dragon Ball Z has that. But, oh, yeah, totally. Um, Sword Art Online has that same problem. All the little sister animes have that problem. <laughs> I watched them all. I'm trying to think of anything that I watched recently that had that issue. Index has that problem on occasion. Of course, the most popular character that, like, side character that got spun out onto her own series 
Yeah, she, so. doesn't, she stops doing things because she's doing stuff in her series. So that's fair. Yeah. Angel stopped doing stuff on Buffy once Angel became a series. That's because all the important plot development Angel was involved in had to happen on his show. Yeah. But I can't think of anything else that I've watched that was based on a light novel. I don't yeah, own I very many it. that are based on a light novel. ReZero is actually good. Like, I have to, like, come out and say that. I was surprised. I also watched Isekai Quartet and said it, Zach. That's not good, but it is only 10 minutes an episode. And it, it has enough jokes to I watched, justify that. Yeah, I watched all of Isekai Quartet, both seasons, and it made me laugh. Yeah. I don't think it's good. There's lots of, del- like, Rem's voice actress is so good at comedy. There's so many, like, super good comedy deliveries. I'm actually she's super good at drama in her actual series. Too, I'm actually but. very surprised that that's actually dubbed. Like, uh, there's a I'm dub not. version of Isekai Quartet. Well, Isekai I honest- is very popular. I honestly thought that at least one of the franchises was owned by a different company. Ah, so well, I didn't think you'd be well, able to okay. get a dubbed version. That's fair. That's a fair concern. But thinking about it more, I think all of them are owned by Funimation anyway. The first season is Saga of Tanya the Evil, Overlord, ReZero, and Konosuba. I've heard of three of those. Which one haven't you heard of? That first one. Saga of Tanya the Evil? Yeah, that's the weirdest one. <laughs> It's about a salaryman who gets reincarnated as a magical, not a magical girl, but a magical young girl in what is basically World War II Germany in the military. And his entire his entire goal is to survive long enough and earn enough accolades to be able to retire <laughs> and live out, and the live out his life. That was his that was his goal before he was pushed onto the train tracks by the mysterious god being X. I'm now getting some Super Robot Wars T vibes. <laughs> Well, that's maybe my favorite thing about Isekai Quartet is that the, the you know the premise? No. They all get like basically reverse Isekai and they have to go to high school together in a high school setting and they're all they're basically And they all, bring like, all their crews with them. Yeah. And uh like Super is like, "Oh man, I got to hang out with all the girls who like me and my life isn't under constant danger." Great. This is amazing. Kazuma's <laughs> like, "This is yeah. <laughs> this this is good for me too. Aqua is more annoying because she's like Kazuma. We have to go back and fight the demon lord. But that was basically my problem already. So <laughs> uh, it is pretty great though that Aqua keeps like trying to turn undead Eins from Overlord. Like that comes up a couple of times where she hits him with a uh, turn undead spell. And they do um, reference the power level being all over the place because, like, she hits him with his massively powerful spell and then Cosmo walks up and just smacks her on the back of the head and drags her off. <laughs> I do, I really like the idea of her just trying to insekai people the entire time to go and fight the Demon Lord. So, <laughs> just like, I'm sorry, I'm going to descend, or need you to stand in front of this truck. They all have to act as high schoolers, so they're not allowed to have any booze. So there is an episode that's just Aqua trying to heist some wine. With uh, with a it's it's Aqua Kazuma and then two of the characters from Saga of Tiny the Evil are trying to uh, heist movie some wine. Um, I really did like the there's an episode in which Tanya like makes Aqua damn near crap her pants because she goes like basically Super Saiyan because she thinks that Aqua because Aqua's running around claiming she's a goddess. Which is, is accurate. Is being X, which is the person who threw her into that war world. I'm to be sorry. Fair, Aqua did throw Kazuma into that. <laughs> <laughs> what their official name for the antagonist is being X. Uh, in it, it Saga of Tiny the Evil. I just like that. I don't <laughs> I haven't seen Saga of Tiny the Evil, so I don't know all of how that goes, but it it is just referred to oh, as Oh man, being X. I now want him to be a mathematician instead of a salaryman so that he can go up and then like kill him and be like i solve for x anyway i feel like you can make that joke if you've just taken algebra (laughs) (laughs) 
But uh, Isekai Quartet, I think you would probably enjoy. I And I did watch a couple of episodes of that Princess Connect Redive, which I think is made by the same guy who did Konosuba. Maybe. I don't know. It's a great name. Redive is just like a common name. Like, Gundam Build Divers Redive is the current series. But wh- why? Of, what does it mean? I, I assume some popular series had it. <laughs> and now everyone does it? Because it doesn't mean anything? Uh, we're watching the best anime, which is... Uh, My Life as a Villainous? Yes. Uh, that series is great. Which is about, it's an isekai about a girl who gets stuck in uh, a dating sim she's played. <laughs> but but she's the villain, so she's Ooh. just trying to... Avoid her bad ends. Yes. Her, her doom, her doom flag. Which are good endings, presumably, for everyone else, yeah, right? For the, for the heroine. But at this point, by virtue of being a decent human being, she has basically formed a harem of all of the other characters. <laughs> including the protagonist. It's It's pretty great. That's pretty good, yeah. It is. What else have you been playing, Tyler? While we're on this anime kick, okay. I will say that I am watching Beastars right now. I'm sorry? Beastars? Have you not heard? Never heard of it. I'm so oh. confused. Oh, I think I've heard of that. Hey, um, I- I'm trying to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Don't. Just to interject. Look, I know, <laughs> but I've gotten to season three and Persona draws so much from it. I just have to keep going. That's curiously. fair. If you're already there, then... Um, I started watching it like, oh man, this is 80s as heck, and I decided I didn't need much more of that in my life. I don't know, it's been on my list to watch Season, for a while. Or part two is super interesting. It has the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in an anime, so. You might call it a bizarre adventure? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Beastars is like a high... Okay, so let me go back a step. My favorite description of Beastars comes from Jen, who called it Zootopia for Horny Furries. Isn't um, that kind of Zootopia? Go on. Uh, yeah, no, that was my joke. Also, I, mean, I, so. I have some websites for them. <laughs> so it's a uh, like high school drama anime, but it's like it's just really well written. Um, okay, and the dub is pretty solid. So the animation style takes a little while to get into. It's kind of like early Ruby esque. Mm. Um, it's like a little stilted. Mm. Um, but it kind of fades into the background after a while because weirdly, uh, the backgrounds are extremely detailed, so it helps the characters not look quite as weird, or maybe that's why they look weird. Um, I don't know. The That said, the plot, the dialogue is all very good. So, would highly recommend. I also started watching The Witcher, which is not an anime, but... Uh, I considered watching The Witcher, because um, I have Netflix. The first episode is extremely confusing. Wow. <laughs> that is what I will say about it. I'll just stare at Henry Cavill until it makes sense. There's... Well, yeah, just stare at his chin. His chin knows all. Um, it's, it's like a weird flashback time travel thing, but it's not told to you in the first episode that that, that that is what is going on. So it's like Pulp Fiction if Pulp Fiction didn't make any sense. I'd argue that's just Pulp Fiction. <laughs> what else have I been playing recently? Oh, uh, speaking of anime bullshit, this is an excellent transition back into video games. Uh, so I like burnt out on Berseria for a while. Um, Tales of for anyone who has not listened to this podcast in four months. And I don't know what, like, I was playing it, I'm like, man, everyone's still an edgy edgelord, and I just, like, I, I actually think one of my biggest problems with it is the tonal dissonance in that game, where everyone is an edgy edgelord, and then every time you're wandering around on the world map, it's like, grand adventure music, let's go fight some octopi! <laughs> to be fair, by and large, Velvet's really the only total edgelord in your group. She is, and I, like, and I find it hilarious, and I keep commenting on this to Alex, because I think she's the least well-equipped of the group to be an edgelord, but she's trying real, real hard. I think that's the indicator of a true edgelord. <laughs> Is that she's trying hard? Yeah. Uh, Why be- do you think she's the least equipped? Because she, her life up until that point, she was the nicest, sweetest person in the entire village, and everyone thought she was a good girl and patted her on the head. And then she's like, oh, Artorius, I need to get revenge on him. And also now I'm in this 
I'm brooding in a cell for two years eating demons, I guess. To be fair, that does uh, tend oh, to... Oh, yeah, no, not I'm, not saying that, I'm not saying that she doesn't have a reason to try to be an edgelord. I just think by nature of her personality, she just doesn't have it in her, and she does a really bad job of it. Actually, I think it's the reverse. The nicest people become the worst people you can run into if you make them mad enough. Yeah, that's because she's trying too hard. That's my point. She's like, oh, instead of being reasonable about it, I'm going to stab you with my sword arm or my eating arm. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember her sword arm gauntlet thing and how it makes no freaking sense. I assume it just magically compresses itself. Anyway, uh, so I burn out on that and I think I decided that it was actually just burnout on it as opposed to not wanting to play it. I was like, eh, I'm just going to go watch all the YouTube cutscenes. And then uh, one of the webcomics I read started doing a Let's Play of it. Um, so there just been like a bunch of webcomics from that one person about it. And then also it just got like weirdly popular again all of a sudden. I don't know why. I don't oh, know. I've been seeing a lot of people referring to it again recently and I don't know why. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll play it again. So now I'm back to playing Berseria. I am just getting to the part where we're finding out what the hell Ethereum is. I don't know if you remember that part in the game. But. That was like six years ago, dude. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'm now trying to remember, because I did play Zestiria, whether or not a Nominat is a good thing or a bad thing, and I honestly can't remember. I do remember a couple of things that are attached to Zestiria because of how, you know, Berseria takes place in the far past of Zestiria. Yep. Back when Seraphs were called Moloks, and there wasn't a shepherd yet. Long ago in a distant land. Aku was having some donuts. Uh, you do a much better Aku voice so. than me. Anyway, uh, that's that. I feel like I've talked enough for this round. What what other things have you been up to, Jeremy? I played Final Fantasy VII Remake. It feels weird to talk about it before we do Final Fantasy VII. But also I talked to Zach about it a lot and kind of got all my feelings out. Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy VII the remake? Remake. Okay. To be fair, I was also a safe uh, person to talk to about it without spoiling anything because i already know everything that went on with the game because having like no personal interest or stake in that i went and looked up spoilers because i was curious so it's also already been spoiled for me so i just want to say because i know ryan's playing it if you have any attention to playing final fantasy 7 remake abort the podcast because genuinely i was super excited by stuff because i had no idea it was coming uh, um, might I suggest after you fin- after we finish this portion yeah, when you edit it, yeah, edit in where the uh, where the, the break the time ends. code. Yeah, I will. All right, so we forgot to talk about Animal Crossing, so this is pretty much the end of the episode. If you don't want any spoilers on Final Fantasy VII Remake, fifty-eight minutes is the point where we stop talking about that. Tyler talks about a few of the other things he played, but it's only a couple of minutes left after that. So have a great week. We'll be talking about Final Fantasy VII next week. And if you want to keep listening, here's our bit on Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I had it lightly spoiled for me, so I know the general premise, but I'm very interested in them juicy details, because I personally won't be able to play it for another, I don't know, two years or something, because that's when it's going to come out on PC. So, so how comfortable are you with the story of Final Fantasy VII? Uh, fairly. I feel like I know it pretty dang well. Okay, um, so there's the bit in Final Fantasy VII where... I guess it's kind of the twist. It's after Aerith's death, but it's when you find out all the people that in the weird robes you've talked to that give you items all have Genova cells on them and yeah, they're, they're all gathering. And they're like kind of all failed Sephiroth clones, right? Yeah. You find that out later, but yeah. Yeah. Sephiroth has control over them because they all have Genova cells in them. So that bit is foreshadowed decently in Final Fantasy VII, but I always felt like it was missing something. Like, because that's the 
back up when Cloud is mind controlled later. And it all makes sense, but it's it, it's clearly they want to telegraph it so that it doesn't come out of nowhere. And I feel like they were just a little off in Final Fantasy VII. So are you aware of the plot ghosts, if I say that? Yes, I know. Okay. Yeah. I had no idea about the plot ghosts going in. So when they showed up, I was like, oh, so they're, these are the stand-in for that. Because nope. the, yeah, because the second time they show up, it's with one of those guys. Yep. And so I'm like, okay, like they they look like ring wraiths now, but like that's fine. And like I can believe Sephiroth has control over these guys, and they'll all go together. This makes perfect sense. So then you go on. Um, the changes they make to the beginning of the story I found kind of really weird because like there's an added side quest of Jesse and Biggs and Wedge. That's probably the best thing they added to the game story wise. Um, really? Yeah. I actually like that, but the villain in it sucks and is terrible. Oh, so it's but, not like going out and going drinking or something like that with no, them? No, um, Jesse's like, hey, I made my bomb bad. We need to sneak into a Shinra facility so I can get bomb equipment to make a bomb that's not bad next time. But, and like, you end up going to Jesse's mom's house and, like, she hangs out with her while you are stealing from them. Like, they are the distraction while you steal something that Jesse needs from her house and that it all works really well. But, like, to create that, they make it so Barrett and Tifa don't pay Cloud and they're like weirdly deflecting him. And huh. it's just a very odd moment that like didn't really make sense to me and like weirdly changes Tifa and Barrett's character in some weird ways. But then at the other end of that, they're like, okay, we're not going to hire Cloud for this next job. Then the plot ghosts attack and get Jesse and Wedge and they're like, hey, Cloud, you're off the bench. And he's <laughs> like, I need a raise. And Barrett's like, double. Cloud's like, Cool. And then you go on the second plant mission, just like in the twist, because they didn't pay him the first time. He got double and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do actually pay him before that. But also, oh, okay. yes, you do never get paid for that second plant. But that's true in the original, too, because stuff kind of takes off from there. Yeah. Um. So Aerith suddenly knows a lot more. But yep. again, I kind of took that as half them writing Aerith as the super savior that she sometimes gets pigeonholed in and half them wanting to stay stuff in this game that doesn't get said until later games and Aerith who can we know if you played the game talk to the live stream it makes sense that she would know some Stuff. of this yeah uh even though she didn't in the first game i just took it as they want to set this up in the first game instead of bringing it in later so when it goes wild i was really not expecting it i do not know how it goes wild i just know that it does okay so first off when the plate falls biggs and wedge survive and it's highly implied jesse survives too yeah i knew that was a thing i like so my understanding of the plot ghosts is that they try to, like, force the plot I, I'm, to happen. I'm getting to it. Okay. Um, so, and I was like, huh, that's a really weird choice. Because, you know, we, we obviously we spent more time with them. We got more character with them. But I thought that was so that it hurts when they die. So this is super weird. Also, there are some new characters introduced in the slums because you spend longer there than you did in original. And they all survive, too. So that felt kind of weird and toothless. And also the Turks, we spend more time with them and they feel bad about doing that, which also felt that tracks with my like feelings on the Turks. But also it feels like, oh, we feel bad about this mass genocide we're doing. You should like us. Whereas <laughs> in, like the original, it's more like they have an arc. And by the end, they're just like, man, can we not? We fought you so many times. Like, I really like their face turn at the end of seven. when they're just Because it, it only happens if you do the side quests where they're on vacation. And yep. like, look, I'm on vacation. We're not fighting right now. <laughs> and then like if so if you do that at the end they're like the final fight they're like can we not and you can be like yeah let's not <laughs> um i always really appreciated that about the turks so like this like it's within my like feelings on them yes they would feel bad about this but it feels weird to spend so much time on it 
And another thing is we do a lot of cutting to the Shinra executives doing their evil plans, which you also do in the original, but not at this point, because the Shinra CEO people are all incompetent. But in the original Final Fantasy VII, that doesn't really matter because we don't start cutting to them until Sephiroth is established and he's the actual villain and they're just kind of there, like this red tape in your way. Yeah. This Team Rocket following you that you have to deal with. (laughs) So them being... Oh, no. Are the Turks actually Team Rocket? Pretty much. That's... <laughs> but, like, this is like Heidegger, and he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, evil military stuff for the sake of evil. Look at my mustache. Which I feel was actually even a little more on the nose in the remake uh-huh. than well, in the original. But it, and also in the original, by the time he's doing that, Sephiroth's around. This is, like, the beginning. It's like, this is I, Heidegger, and basically the big bad. <laughs> Watch me twirl my mustache. Ah, you actually can't see me. I'm in a bunker elsewhere. But we've decided to cut this this important mustache twirling. (laughs) And Scarlet is like, I am also evil. And I am going to do this awful thing. And I'm like, cool game. That is my fetish and I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) So thanks for that. (laughs) But anyway, so you get through the plate um, and everyone survives. And that's kind of weird. But Aerith still gets kidnapped. So you go to the Shinra building to save her. The Shinra building is different, but it's also basically the final dungeon. So that's. Do you still have that expected. cool jail cell scene? You don't actually. I that was not the scene I was hoping for that gets cut. I forgot about that scene until you just brought it up. Oh no, I I was really excited to see how they reanimated that, but I never actually beat Final Fantasy VII. Have no nostalgia, so I actually don't know much of. But, but now is Wedge is like your guy in the chair who has infiltrated Shinra and is like getting you through because he's alive. But how? Um, also, they made a change where the mayor of Midgar, who is there, is like an inside man for Avalanche. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he got Wedge in and he's like hacking computer or security. Yeah, I was just wondering how Wedge got in. So uh-huh. Also, Avalanche is a much bigger operation and Barrett is just a cell. Yeah, and they get to feel like competent and actually coordinated. That actually makes a bit more sense yeah. than just having it basically be one rogue group of five to guys. To be fair, have you seen Barrett? He's huge. He could just do it on his own. <laughs> He also has a gun for him. Have you seen him actually do anything? Um, He once ranted about how he needs to save the planet for his kid, man. Tangent, this game is even weirder when, like, ranged weapons are actually ranged weapons about the whole some people have swords, some people have guns thing. Like, there's one (laughs) bit early on where some guys are looking for Barrett, and Cloud's like, I can tell you if the price is right. And they, like, take him to a back alley, and they pull out a knife. (laughs) <laughs> and it's treated like a threat and Clyde has the goddamn buster sword right on his back it's, it's like you it's have brought too... the wrong sword to this sword fight it's it's that scene from crocodile dundee basically that's not a knife this is a knife i was just thinking the back alley's too close quarters you can't swing it around as wildly as he would like he'll just swing it through whatever building yeah, happens that's to be true. in the way or cast fireballs i don't know Anyway. So anyway, the uh, Shinra building's different. Like, it's more populated, too. Like, it feels like you're there on a work day. Which I think is what it was supposed to feel like in the original. Well, and specifically, there's a lot of everyone's there on overtime because a giant plate just fell in the middle of a city and they're trying to figure out how to deal with it. And most of them are not evil government conspirators that know this is, you know, sabotage. So you go through the- Excuse me, excuse me, I gotta go through your fight. Um, pardon me, I need to <laughs> need to use the bathroom. Just just pay no attention. So you end up going through the Shinra Museum of Cool Things Shinra has done. Okay. With more backstory on all those cool Shinra characters. And it ends with their, like, planetarium movie dome. You know, like every museum has. Yeah, yeah. Except for the movie gets messed up in the middle, and you see the end of Final Fantasy VII where the meteor uh, hits. Interesting. And Sephiroth shows up and stabs Tifa. Uh, in, in the movie? 
Wait, in the movie? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. And so Barrett and Tifa and Clyde are like, this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's weird. Wait, does Sephiroth ever stab Tifa? He does in the past in the reactor, right? Yeah, but this is very clearly the scene where he stabs Aerith. Okay, okay, that's what I was wondering. You are supposed to think. Okay. He comes from behind. Also, we get some cuts that show Sephiroth is in the building at the same time with you, which is, you know, winds up with canon anyway, because you find the president on Sephiroth's sword in the original. And this one, when you get the president's office, though, he's there, so he can have a scene with Barrett, so Barrett can have, like, a emotional moment in this game, since he <laughs> doesn't in the first third of Final Fantasy VII proper. It's actually really well-written. And then Sephiroth comes from behind and stabs the president. Okay, yeah. And then he stabs Barrett through the chest. Okay. So he's not in the boss fight. Um, okay. You have a boss fight with the same boss fight as the end of uh, the plant with the Genova uh, thing. Okay. You finish the like boss. Like right before you get Red 13? Is that what the one it's I'm right after of? you get Red 13. Okay. Actually. But yeah. So you fight that. It's a really cool boss fight. It feels like a nice final boss. You have to like use all the game play techniques you've learned. Uh, Sephiroth chills out or pieces out while you do that. You beat it. You're like, oh, Barrett, are you okay? And one of the ghosts flies into Barrett and flies out. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And he doesn't <laughs> have a hole in his chest anymore. Huh. Uh, hmm. Okay. Yeah. So then Rufus shows up. That's the scene I was really hoping for. Is I love that scene where Rufus is like, who are you guys? Yep. And Cloud's like, I'm a soldier. And Red 13 is like, I'm a test subject. Here's like, I'm I'm a flower seller in the slums. <laughs> and Dart's like, I guess I'm a terrorist. <laughs> and Tifa's like, same. And Rufus is like, well, clearly you're better than everyone who works here. Do you want jobs? <laughs> <laughs> the, so that actually happens in the remake? No, or that's no? the scene in the original, which is great. And this one, Rufus just boss fights you. Oh, that's... <laughs> yeah. That's so much worse. It is. That's the scene I was really waiting for, that... Because uh, seeing that play out in yeah, like, <laughs> that is fantastic. That. Just, and I think Rufus's line is literally like, "Huh, what a bunch of riffraff!" It's very good, and like Cloud's like super animated shrug in that like awful three D model. Yep, it's super good. Anyway, Rufus shows up. You fight him. You fight the boss on the elevator. You get the motorcycle. You do the motorcycle escape. Uh, while you're doing the motorcycle escape, choppers are following you, but the plot ghosts keep blocking their bullets because there weren't choppers in the original <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> You, you, you fight a boss, you're about to jump off the, you know, end of the highway and escape Midgar, and then, like, he's the goddamn Joker, Sephiroth is in front of you, and Cloud swerves. Yeah, and, that's and, pretty good. <laughs> it's And then, like, even better, like, you then get control of him, and you have, there aren't actually save points in this game, but there are little benches you can rest on and vending machines you can buy potions in, and there's just, like, a, hey, there's a boss set up here. So gear up because yeah. you're going to, th- this is going to be rough. And I'm like, oh, of course, like I was super expecting there to be a Sephiroth optional boss. Clearly there's just a Sephiroth boss. Okay. So you go over there and Sephiroth's like, sup cloud, um, destiny. We should kill that, right? I'm going to make a portal to go kill destiny. You should follow me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, I like it. And Aerith is like, hey, wait. No, we should definitely do this. It goes bad if we don't, but I won't know what's going to happen if we do this. So there's this weird implication that Sephiroth and Aerith both know what happens in Final Fantasy VII. And and that it doesn't go great for either of them. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I could kill this chick, but that goes badly for me. So I'm not going to do that this time. I mean, like, Sephiroth never really repents, right? He gets Omni-Slash into oblivion for refusing to you know, call off the giant meteor. Yes. Okay. 
So anyway, so you decide to go follow them. And when you do, you get a flashback to Zach Fair about to be killed by a bunch of soldiers while Cloud is in a coma in the corner. And then he doesn't? No, well, and then you fight Destiny. Okay, well, take... <laughs> like the physical manifestation yep. of Destiny? Yep, it's the <laughs> plot ghosts. Only they kind of look like Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett. Interesting. Yep. Well, yep. I mean, it, it's no more hard to swallow than the fact that in every Persona game you kill God. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you kill Destiny. We then get a flashback to Destiny dying in the past. Oh, where, where Zach Fair is. And he looks around and goes, holy <laughs> I beat them all. <laughs> As if he also knows he was not supposed to do that. So he grabs Coma Cloud like a sack of potatoes. Like, come on, buddy, let's go. <laughs> and then there's a scene that implies maybe it happened in another dimension. But I think that's <laughs> and I hope it's not what they're going with. Uh, then Sephiroth fights you. Oh, because of course he is. He's well, like, well, well can- you know. Well, he canceled Destiny now, so yeah. now he can do whatever he wants. And he's like, good job, Cloud. Since I'm here, I'm going to try and kill you now. Yeah. You beat him. He said some cryptic <laughs> about how you have seven seconds. Let's see what you do with it. And then the game ends? Yeah, basically. And then um, there's, you know, you get to see, hey, Jesse's probably still alive. Marlene's there. There's a bunch of stuff flashing back. There's a weird scene where, like, it shows uh, Zach, like, coming into town and, like, everyone passes him. Like, but it's like a flashback metaphor thing, except huh. for Aerith has a reaction to it. Huh. And Aerith is like, we have to kill Sephiroth. And Cloud is like, plus one. <laughs> <laughs> and Barrett's like, yeah, he, he did stab me through the chest. So I think I think I am also plus one. <laughs> and Red 13's like, well, I ain't got a job. And Red 13 is like, clearly I was supposed to be playable in this game and I'm not. He's joins your party so late into the game they didn't make him playable, right? This is the most finished Final Fantasy game that's come out in a long time. It does feel like Red 13 was cut for time. Like, because you have a three-man party, there's a bunch of points where you have three people in your party, but one of them is Red 13. Huh. And it feels like it was written such that... But he's not playable? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I knew about that going in, that he wasn't going to be playable. Because they actually announced that before the game came out, that Red 13 was in the game. But you weren't going to be able to play as. Yeah, and that's the reason they announced that is probably because they're like, we're running short on time and they probably just made that decision and decided to tell people about it. Yeah, that is very much the feeling. Well, it's also a very good way of deflecting people getting all pissed off at you that you can't actually play Red 13. Yeah. If you you tell them them beforehand. So yeah, that game goes off the rails. Which honestly, I'm excited for. I I could not stop thinking about it for like two nights after I finished it. The implications are interesting. Yeah, like... As far as I'm concerned, completely go a different direction with it, please. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the most of the game was just them stretching out the plot of Final Fantasy VII and me being bored. And then the last two hours were me like, oh yeah, Tetsuya Nomura made this game. Feed me this Kingdom Hearts bull. <laughs> Feed it to me like it's grapes. <laughs> yeah, no, James had pretty much the exact same thing where he got towards the end. He's like, oh, oh, this is going drastically differently. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's like, you literally kill all the fans who want this game to go the same way it has before. So now different things can happen. Yeah, which I, makes um, it so much more exciting. I watched uh, Jim Sterling actually talk about that. So that's how I knew that the game did not go the way everybody thought it was going to. It, Recognize that name. Uh, he was on the Escapist for a while. He, does, he now uh, does his own thing. Uh, okay. The Jim Quisition is him. Independent game journalist, basically, who's popular enough to be. Yeah, he has to his, be independent. <laughs> he's got a few like things. Basically, yeah, just independent game journalist. Uh, he knows his stuff. Yeah. So. Lots of problems with that game, but, like, the entire time I was like, you know, this game is good. There's stuff. You fight a house in the middle and Aerith comments on it. Um, 
<laughs> I remember hearing about the house. But, like, it's not 10 out of 10 good. How did this game get a 10 out of 10 on, like, every review site? And then I finish it. I'm like, oh, because after you finish it, this is all you can think about for two days. And if you have to review this game, you had to play it in two days and then write a review the next one. So this is all you're thinking about. And this is great. So I did do some of the optional summon battles because I just like wandered over and James is like, you're good at video games. Do these. And so I did. And like the combat's passable. That's like optimal scenario for the combat, though. Like the boss fights, even the optional ones all play well. Um Aerial enemies are just never fun to deal with, though. Yeah. That's the um, problem with any game that has that kind of real-time combat. Um, aerial enemies are always a royal bitch to deal with. And, like, it's impossible not to compare it to Kingdom Hearts. And Kingdom Hearts feels like an action game, because when you block, you don't take damage. And when you dodge, you have invincibility frames. And this just feels so much more like an RPG, where you, like, just have to take the hits and you can... Make yeah, which is not time. what I expected it to be. Yeah. That's a Tifa is a blast to play. Oh, yeah, especially if you have all her abilities and yeah. you just keep, like, you haste her and then she just keeps throwing out punches. Like, that's super fun. I um, am interested to try the game. I can learn it to you. I, that's not doing anything at my place. I gotta um, finish Resident Evil 3 first. Which I've also heard is great. So. Eh. Eh. Also, like, the thing Kingdom Hearts does that I think is key is, one, after the first one, your mana recharges, so it's not a big deal. Whereas this has Final Fantasy ass MP. But also all the cure spells in Kingdom Hearts are party affecting. Whereas in this, you have to keep going into the menu and select cure and select who you want to put it on. And if you don't want to use MP, you want to use your 50 health potions that you have that heal you for, you know, about a tenth of your HP. You've got to go through the menu, select health potion, select person, go through the menu, select health potion, select person. As opposed to having it on it. Well, I mean, you can assign them to quick buttons. I guess that's true, huh? Yeah. I didn't do that for item. I, I assume you can. I don't know if you, you can. You definitely can. I, I never used it. I don't do that for abilities it. and spells and stuff, but... But it, it would have to be ones that you want to use frequently. Also, it costs an I don't know if the eight... button shortcuts work out of combat. I don't think they do. And that's so what that I'm talking about, oh, okay, between gotcha. fights, potioning people up. Because, like, in fight, you can't just keep potioning. <laughs> Yeah, because that's you got limited, the ATB gauge. Yeah, right? that's a limited resource. So it's fine in there to scroll through for the item you want and do it. It's when you're out of combat and it, the real lifetime is taking forever. We're at an hour record time. Is there anything anyone else wanted to talk about? I have a lightning round of shit I've been playing uh, that, but have not finished. Uh, so I picked up Salt again. It's come a long <laughs> way since I played it a, a long time ago. Is exactly what I was in the mood for at the time. Because I had game ADD, I also picked up the second in the Tomb Raider re reboot thing. Um, I heard that was a game. I also did not finish it, but it was exactly what I was in the mood for, for while I was playing it. It is, in fact, a game. The first one was better somehow. I'm not sure how they managed that. Let's hear. I picked up Ori and the Blind Forest. Finally, it's great. I haven't finished it, but it was exactly what I was in the mood for when I started playing it. Um, let's see here. I have Final Fantasy VII bosses. Oh, I yeah, think that was just me mentioning. That. Yeah, let's see here. I picked up Enter the Gungeon for the first time in four months and immediately beat someone's past for the first time ever. Uh, not the first time ever beating someone's past, but that character's past for the first time ever. Just like, out of nowhere, it was an amazing run. I haven't lost the game since. Don't know why I got better at it after not playing it. Been playing Smash, obviously. Also, we played a fun indie game called TikTok, A Tale for Two. I won't spoil it, but the ending is amazing. Sounds like Final Fantasy VII Remake. Well, no, the ending is amazing in this one because it griefs you. Ah. It's, the game is a troll, it turns out, and it's uh, great. Uh, some people consider the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake that, but I don't. I like don't I said, give me this like grapes. This is what I'm here for. Also, I picked up like five new podcasts since we've been not recording, but we don't really talk about the podcasts we listen to on this podcast. So that is it for me. Zach. I played a bunch of Battletech. 
That's and fair. I finally got everybody else to play Battletech I once. Kind, I do actually want to play more of it now because I actually had a lot of fun with that. So, I mean, I did too. I did, I did feel kind of bad when I realized that um, some of the mechs I used against Jeremy and, and Ed, I used the Annihilator and the um, Archer against them. They have their special piece of equipment on them, even in, even in multiplayer. I have no idea what that means. Uh, for the Annihilator, it's autocannons don't recoil as badly, so it doesn't have as much of a penalty when firing its autocannons turn after turn and the archers uh missiles cluster better so i didn't realize that was that was a thing well i knew they were the they were a thing the archers is also titled really stupid it is a missile resuite yeah the archer but it it arches missiles i found it really fun is that it listen to jumpstart weekly (laughs) uh www.lastpodcast.com is do we mention that in our outro we don't do we um our website you can talk to us on discord and then you don't have to wait four months for us to put out a podcast. Uh, yeah, that's right. Although I feel like almost everyone who listens to this show just is on our Discord already. But hey. If you're not already, drop in and talk to us. We or, love talking to people. Or if Discord's on your jam, send us an email. Or just send us your love and wishes. I'm going to try to be more active on Twitter for like the second half of this year. Because I kind of have to be anyway. So Let's see. That's time number... Is that 10 or 12? Or is that higher that, than that? That I have... Uh, to be fair, every single episode that I have posted has been on Twitter as well. So I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm trying. www.patreon.com slash last podcast is our Patreon page. We are probably going to talk about stuff we are going to put on that after we record this podcast. So That's true. But currently, you can go listen to our train wreck of a Valentine's episode a month after oh, Valentine's God. Day. God. Um, I rewatched that whole series. It's not very good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in addition to the fact that everything that comes up in our normal feed goes up there first. Yes. So, if you want to get ahead of that curve. All right. <laughs> Have a great week, guys. Next week, Final Fantasy VII. For real. The, the original one, not... Bye. But that this isn't that show. We don't even do that on that show anymore.